The times, they are a change in fight fans. As MMA grows in popularity and more importantly, money-making potential, there are more eyes focused on the product than ever, scrutinizing every single aspect of it. All that attention and growth means that some massive paradigm-shifting events could soon occur, many of them already in motion. Our young sport has yet to be truly tested on its merits since exploding in popularity. And to steal a phrase from Michael Bisping, believe you me, MMA will look a lot different in a decade than it does now. So today we're going to take a look at the 10 biggest shifts we're likely to see going forward that would turn this sport on its head and change its path dramatically. Hey, before we get into it, don't forget to like, subscribe, and click the bell to turn on notifications. That way you never miss an upload. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and these are 10 monumental changes that would reshape MMA forever. Number 10. Weight Cutting Overhaul Imagine overnight nearly every single champion in the UFC being forced to vacate their title. Seems unfathomable, but if weight cutting was truly overhauled, that could absolutely happen. Now, the UFC and commissions might simply change what weight corresponds to what weight class as one championship has done, but there would still be massive implications. Weight cutting has been a hot-button issue for years, and concerns over the short-term and long-term effects of extreme dehydration leading up to fights has raised alarms but created little action. One championship has claimed they use urine-specific gravity tests to ensure fighters do not compete dehydrated and mandate weight monitoring in camp. But with the promotion unwilling to share real specifics as it relates to this program, its effectiveness remains unverifiable. And so while they very well could have discovered the key to eliminating weight cutting, there is no data we can point to. The entire system could just be window dressing. It will only take one high-profile athlete to suffer a severe life-altering condition as the result of a bad cut, or even death, for commissions across the board to clamp down hard on this activity. And the sport as we know it would never be the same. Imagine someone like Paulo Costa fighting Francis Ngannou instead of Israel Adesanya. It's crazy to think, but not that far-fetched if fighters have to compete at their natural weight. Weight cutting in MMA is a ticking time bomb. It's not a matter of if changes will be made, but when. Number 9. A Major Gambling Scandal it was only four years ago that Taehyun Bang was sentenced to 10 months in a Korean prison for his role in a fight-fixing scheme. You may not have heard about this, likely because it was such a low-profile bout, and the fact that at the last minute, Bang didn't go through with it. But there was a legitimate conspiracy to fix a fight in the UFC in our modern era. It all went down at UFC Fight Night 79 back in November of 2015. Tae was given 92 grand to supposedly lose the first two rounds of his fight with Leo Kuntz. The fix forced a massive change in the betting line immediately prior to the card, causing UFC officials to be suspicious that some foul play was afoot. They reported confronted Bang about it prior to the fight, forcing a change of heart as he would go on to win by split decision. The perception that fights are fixed is such a prevalent one in MMA and boxing, despite these claims usually being entirely meritless. But imagine if something like what happened with Taeyun Bang actually succeeded and in a much bigger fight, a main event, or even worse, a title challenge, with documentable proof and a major star going to jail. It would rock the entire sports world. It wasn't that long ago that MMA was outlawed and had a reputation as a seedy, unethical sport. Corruption in boxing is partly what led to the Ali Act. A big fight-fixing scandal would set mixed martial arts back to such a point that its reputation might not be able to recover before a whole generation of fighters have come and gone. Politicians would likely jump all over it. Don't forget they held actual congressional hearings over cheating in baseball. For as mainstream as MMA has been able to become in recent years, a scandal like this would almost be too much for it to handle exactly because there are now more eyes on it. Number 8. Dana White Retires What would the world be like without Captain Hook? It's almost impossible to imagine MMA without Dana White. Not that I'd hold my breath. Bob Arum is 89 years old and still promotes boxing. Dana's only 52 and built like Jason fucking Voorhees. If he goes another 40 years, I wouldn't be shocked. That said, things can change rapidly. White himself admitted when the UFC sold he was in a weird place, locked up in a hotel for a few days with no food or sleep, unsure about the future. He got past it and is still the UFC president, but who's to say he'll want to do this for another few decades or even a few years? And that's not taking into consideration that he's but an employee 
now. If the winds were to change at Endeavor, a publicly traded company, executives could get the oust, including Dana. Why does such a bombastic figure and to many the embodiment of the sport, it's impossible to imagine anyone who could replace him. At least as the public face, his likely successor at the moment is Hunter Campbell, the promotion's executive vice president and chief business officer. Per media reports, he's now the main figure in fighter negotiations, and a lot of the high-profile spats over money and title fights lately aren't because of Dana, but Campbell's uncompromising negotiation tactics. The new boss, same as the old boss. Whether he could be the public face of the promotion is another question entirely, though. White is for better or worse one of a kind, and there's not likely to ever be another promoter like him in MMA. The amount of media appearances he makes, the persona he's built, the brand he's cultivated for the UFC, the evangelizing of MMA to the masses will certainly take a huge hit when White steps away from the sport. The machine would go on, but it would be nowhere near as interesting. Number 7. A Death in the Octagon over a long enough period, the chances of a fighter dying in the octagon are fairly certain. This is in no way a knock on the UFC's safety protocols, as the promotion has more than demonstrated that the safety of the fighters is absolutely of utmost importance on fight night. The commissions and the company have the best medical staff in the sport on hand and ready. Officials regularly do their best to ensure fighters who are taking significant damage are not allowed to continue. MMA is as safe as it's going to be in the octagon. That said, there are sometimes circumstances entirely unavoidable, and we've seen throughout the combat sports world serious injury and death, including mixed martial arts. There have been at least seven to have occurred as a result of officially sanctioned bouts. And while a death in the cage is tragic no matter where it takes place, if it were to happen on the biggest stage in the biggest promotion, there would be serious repercussions. The UFC would likely make some sort of policy changes in order to ensure that whatever happened doesn't happen again. We need only look to NASCAR as an example of a major sports league considerably altering their protocols following the high-profile death of Dale Earnhardt in 2001, redesigning the cars, making changes to the tracks, and requiring new safety equipment. The UFC isn't the only body involved in putting on these cards, though. There would likely be considerable pressure on state commissions to make new rules regarding safety as well. A death in the octagon would drastically alter certain safety protocols across the sport. Number 6. CTE Testing Advancements Medical science is on the precipice of a breakthrough that could potentially change all high-impact sports as we understand them. As recently as May of last year, clinician scientists have made serious progress towards being able to identify and diagnose chronic traumatic encephalopathy, better known as CTE, in living patients. Up to this point in history, CTE could only be officially diagnosed in an autopsy of the deceased. This rare brain disease is of major concern as it relates to combat sports because it's caused by repeated head trauma. CTE has no cure either, and over time, the symptoms get worse, including dementia, paranoia, which can lead to erratic behavior, speech difficulties, memory loss, symptoms most associated with Parkinson's disease like tremors, and a lack of coordination, depression, suicide. NFL player turned convicted killer Aaron Hernandez was diagnosed with stage 3 CTE after he killed himself in prison. 54 NFL players have been officially diagnosed with CTE after having passed. At least 12 boxers have been diagnosed with the disease over the years as well, with many more speculated to have been sufferers. If CTE testing becomes as reliable and simple as taking some blood and looking at some numbers, MMA and every other high-impact sport will be changed forever. Athletes diagnosed with CTE would very likely be forced to retire immediately, and depending on how widespread and prominent CTE actually is amongst combat sports athletes, commissions across the board could outright ban fighting as we experience it today or require drastic changes to avoid the disease. Imagine MMA where punches to the head aren't allowed. It sounds far-fetched, but proof of widespread CTE would cause massive problems for these big money-making high-impact sports. Number 5. Doping Policy Changes 
One aspect of mixed martial arts that could be drastically altered by something like CTE diagnosis is the sport's drug testing, and more likely the penalties for failure. Fighters caught using PEDs could end up banned for life if CTE diagnosis is cutting careers considerably shorter. A zero-tolerance policy wouldn't eliminate cheating, but it would definitely change the dynamic about how fighters consider the risk versus reward inherent in taking PEDs. A slap on the wrist and a questionable legacy is one thing. You lose a year or two, of course it's a setback, but you can rebuild, and many have. Losing your ability to make income in the sport forever is something entirely different. It's possible, though, that things could go in the other direction over time, specifically if CTE testing does not improve and fighters are given some sort of collective bargaining in regards to testing. We're now six years into the UFC's partnership with USADA, and the sentiment about that relationship has soured greatly. What was seen as cleaning up the sport initially has evolved into serious doubt about the program and exhaustion over both its effectiveness and ineffectiveness at the same time. It's largely undercard talent getting caught regularly, and often when anybody is nabbed, there's a whole host of reasons for everyone to be skeptical of the results, be it because of some inconclusive evidence, supplements considered to be tainted, or a whole host of other explanations we've been given over the years as to why a fighter was hit with the dreaded potential doping violation label. Things have become so muddied that new policies have been put into place to ensure the privacy of those who have potentially failed as to save them months of public scrutiny over something that USADA ultimately deems incidental. If fighters have any say, they're not going to tolerate this kind of testing much longer. Look at sports like football, baseball, and basketball. Their testing is nowhere near what you see in MMA, and that's because the athletes have a say. What's clear is that we're likely to be at a turning point on this issue soon, and depending on which way the wind blows, things are either going to get a lot more stringent or far more relaxed. Number 4. The Antitrust Lawsuit it's safe to say that a $5 billion class action lawsuit against the UFC is significant enough to make our list, but its effect on MMA has much further reaching implications than sinking the sport's biggest promotion. In 2015, Kung Lee and a group of fighters filed a class action antitrust lawsuit against the UFC's parent company Zufa LLC, claiming they had taken anti-competitive actions to artificially keep the wages of fighters down by having a stranglehold on the market for top-tier MMA talent. And despite the promotion's best efforts, the suit was granted class status and has been moving forward for years now. Should the fighters win their case, the UFC would be forced to pay a massive sum, which would be dispersed to all the fighters who met the class criteria, or anyone who competed in the UFC from December of 2010 to June of 2017. The case would also be historic in that there are very few rulings in the books about the type of antitrust situation that the fighters are claiming. But should they win, in addition to all the money being paid out, promotions going forward would be forced to adhere to the ruling in the case, or suffer their own suit, meaning fighter pay and contracts would more than likely be completely overhauled across the entire sport. The UFC is currently requesting a summary judgment on the case. If that's not granted or there's no settlement, a trial will begin. Number 3. A Fighters Union there have been rumblings of a fighters' union for years now. There was Bjorn Rebney's MMAAA that fizzled out despite being backed by the likes of George St. Pierre, Cain Velasquez, Donald Cerrone, and TJ Dillashaw. Super sports agent Jeff Boris attempted to put a fighters' union together unsuccessfully as well. At current, Leslie Smith and Project Spearhead are working towards making a fighters' association, whatever you want to call it, a union, an association, collective bargaining, it all essentially means the same thing, with the exception being that actual union status would be recognized by the government and forced compliance by MMA promotions. But the crux of the entry here is fighters organizing. Sports are unique in that the product is the athletes who are also the workers, which gives them a position to negotiate should they organize. It's not like baggers at the grocery store who could then be replaced by thousands of others seeking employment. What is MMA without the fighters? And there's an expectation from fans that what we're seeing in the top tier promotions is the best of the best. You couldn't just replace them. So should the fighters ever get a place at the table, a Herculean task as history has proven so far, the sport could change in a thousand ways. Fighter pay, contracts, profit sharing, drug testing, sponsorship deals, the use of their likenesses, matchmaking. The fighters would have say in all these matters and collectively negotiate with each promotion over anything they had concerns about. There's no telling how it would all shake out. Compromises would be made on both sides. But that's the point. Compromises would be made where they didn't have to in the past.
Number two, changes at Endeavor. When UFC parent company Endeavor went public in April, they used some of the capital gained from that IPO to buy the rest of the Zufa shares, making them sole owners. Their fates now completely interlocked. In the company's initial filings to the SEC, they listed potential risks for investors as being sued over concussions, fighters unionizing, and the antitrust lawsuit. Funny, we just talked about all those things. While Endeavor has plenty of other pies in the oven besides the UFC, they are a major pillar to the stability of both the stock and the company itself. When Endeavor made their public trading debut in 2021, Analysts said it was largely the UFC's success during the pandemic that carried them despite early skepticism of going public at such a volatile time. So what if the stock tanks? Could CEO Ari Emanuel get fired? He is the key link to the UFC. Could he be voted out for someone who wants to sell the promotion? Due to voting powers delegated to certain stock types, that appears to be an impossibility. But that doesn't mean Ari doesn't have incentive to keep investors happy. And if the UFC is causing uncertainty, rest assured big changes would come to the promotion. Emanuel has a particularly vested interest in the stock, as he could personally see a $100 million windfall should it remain viable through 2023. What does this all mean? Well, business is complicated. I'm not an expert, but with the UFC brand being so vital to Endeavor now, a publicly traded company, if things go south for one, they're probably going south for the other. Number one, an Ali Act expansion. One massive change that could be in the works during this presidential administration is the expansion of the Ali Act to MMA. The Muhammad Ali Boxing Reform Act was signed into law in 2000 and reshaped the very foundation of boxing in an attempt to better protect the fighters and quell the many issues within the sport that were hurting its legitimacy. In 2016, a representative out of Oklahoma's 2nd Congressional District introduced a bill to Congress that would extend the act to mixed martial arts, but it was ultimately unsuccessful despite apparent bipartisan support. Sometimes these things happen in politics. What the expansion would mean to MMA isn't fully clear, as a future version of the bill could see revisions and exceptions built into it, but it's safe to say it would essentially turn the entire sport on its head. One massive shift would likely be the dismantling of each promotion's titles. In their place belts sanctioned by a central MMA governing body that fighters from any promotion could win. Bellator, one, UFC, all fair game, all could compete against each other. Fighters' contracts with any promoter would likely be limited to a year, and so holding fighters up for extended periods would be an impossibility. All payouts would have to be fully disclosed publicly, which would drastically change fight negotiations. Official rankings, which would be the only determining factor in who fights for a title, would be implemented by that same independent governing body, and the promoters would have no say. So money fights are out the window. It could potentially eliminate the promotions we have today as we understand them, really. Although they'd likely reemerge in the style of today's boxing promotions. And as we can see, that sport still has its issues, despite all the changes. Needless to say, should an MMA Ali Act go into law, the sport would look completely different overnight. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette, who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page at Ben Rosette. Huge shout out to the legendary once and future King Tomas Welsh for editing this video together. Follow him on Instagram at Big Beat Visual. That's beat as in the band from Doug and not a forceful strike. All right, that's all I got for you. Thanks for watching. Please like, subscribe and have a wonderful day.